Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, I'm Dave Berry, and I am fascinated by my next-door neighbor. His name is Neil Srinivasan, and he is a leading cardiologist. Whether it's when we're chatting over the garden fence whilst doing a spot of gardening or catching up over a meal with our delightful partners, I've always been left with more questions about his profession than I've had answers. In The Doctor Next Door, I'll be asking Neil the burning questions that keep me up at night, dissecting medical myths under his watchful eye and doing my utmost to learn more about an industry that is quite literally a matter of life and death. But this podcast isn't just here to feed my own curiosity. Oh, no. I want you to be involved with these conversations as well. Let Neil be your doctor next door. So if you have any questions or stories, send them to doctoratnextdoorpod.com right now. Oh, hang on a second. That must be the doctor next door. Hi, David. Good to see you again. Neil, hello, my friend. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, I wanted to get straight down to some street swag business with you, if I may. Oh, yeah. Um, This was something that we did quite a lot in the early days of Doctor Next Door. Then it went away. Yeah. In favour of us talking about what's your favourite chocolate bar. (laughs) But it's back because um, I was taking Evie out for her afternoon nap walk, which basically any parents out there may know is when you you put your child, you fight with your child about what they're going to wear because you're concerned they're not going to be warm enough. You plonk them in the buggy with some kind of slightly warm, cosy beverage and you walk them around the neighbourhood until they fall asleep. Absolutely. Hopefully resulting in maybe an hour and a half of respite for you parents. Potentially. Potentially. So anyway, there was no way Evie was going to go to sleep, nor was I that fateful night when I spotted a piece of street swag on some somebody's wall begging to be taken not even containing a note saying please take because whoever put it out there knew that thing was going to be snaffled up in seconds it was a paper cutting guillotine now there is a picture of this on our socials go take a look for yourselves because it's the one from school oh yeah it looks exactly like the one from school it's got all those lines and stuff it's like the 70s all over again but and it, even the colors are so 70s Absolutely. that brown and orange yeah, no yeah. one's puts that together yeah. since wh smiths in 72 exactly um at school neil because this it got me thinking about my school my time at school and, and everything else were you the kid were you the young pupil who always got given all of the responsibilities like operating the guillotine were you the only pupil who was allowed near the laminating machine no i was terrible at all these things the teacher kept me <laughs> well away from everything i was the naughty boy at the back of the class Throwing paper aeroplanes yeah absolutely <laughs> all the goody goodies got to do that once i did get to use the laminator it was amazing it was okay. my favorite moment i love the laminator so good isn't it and it's warm and you get the whole thing laminated 
and just takes you back to the old days. Imagine like having to laminate all these things and then put it on that. Remember that projector you used to have? Oh, the overhead projector. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine doing slides like that. It's crazy. You must have used an overhead projector in some kind of big medical conference at some point during your career, surely, Neil? Yeah. So back in the good old days, I mean, now it's all PowerPoint, but I remember having to present. Remember we talked in a couple of episodes ago about having to present your cases to all the surgeons early in the morning, seven o'clock for your sort of board round thing. Now, I remember having to p- prepare these laminated slides and with, you know, bits of patient details, you'd scribble bits and bobs and then you go next slide, next slide wow. and show it on this projector. That was before the days of PowerPoint. What were you like at school, Neil? Were you, you strike me as an all-rounder. I mean, we've never spoken about the young Neil Srinivasan, really. I mean, we've question. talked about your time at medical school, but we've never gone back to when you were maybe five or six. Okay. Did you always have all your pens and pencils? Did no. You? No. I'm always, prepared. I'm, I'm always chaos. In fact, my office, my colleague Henry, <laughs> he, he's, he's a lovely guy, but he has to put up with me in the office. And at least once a week, he tidies my office for me. Right. Because I've got papers everywhere, pens everywhere. Yeah. It's just a mess. And he's one of these uber tidy characters yeah. he's got a board with a list he's got an exact <laughs> files everywhere across the desk and mine's just food and paper and everything just strewn across it's a mess um when we uh, made the pilot for this podcast the doctor next door um because we wanted to see you know how it would look and how it would sound uh, neil obviously very busy doctor so uh, we did it on zoom from his office and it was the first time i saw neil's office and uh, after you finished the pilot i turned to producer jack and I said, I think we've made a huge mistake. <laughs> In each episode of The Doctor Next Door, I bring a burning question to Dr. Neil. Now, Neil, today's burning question is actually inspired from a conversation we had very early on into meeting one another. And it was, looking back on it, part of what inspired the idea for this podcast in the first place and it was you being this leading cardiologist I was in your house and you were listening to music you were playing with Rufus who's Neil's son and I just thought wow this guy is a normal guy listening to music playing with his son but he's also a leading cardiologist this could be a podcast (laughs) um so and we got talking about music and obviously uh, by day I'm a radio DJ and yeah. you know we, we both love music yeah. and a person very close to your heart as he is to millions and millions of people around the world and has been for a very long time is the one and only Elvis Presley. Absolutely. Now we will sit here and we could sit here and we have sat there and celebrated his music and his life and what he did uh, for the world of entertainment as well. You know, truly a global icon still to this day. Now, what we're going to do here, and my burning question to you is something slightly different because there is a part of Elvis's life that is shrouded in kind of mystery. How and why did Elvis die? Wow. Deep. Good question, David. Uh, now, firstly, I was shocked that he was 42 years old when he died. So he was a young man. That's exactly. the first thing that I think we need to say here and why it's important and interesting for us to examine it. And why not you as a medical expert and as a massive Elvis fan, you're perfectly placed to do that because you bring both worlds together. Absolutely. So tell me, what, what do we know about it, Neil? As you say, we both have eclectic music tastes and Elvis is one of my passions. He's an incredible character. It's the personality, I think, that's really fascinating. This sort of... Mississippi boy, down to earth, who is going to church, listening to gospel music, surrounded by the blues, surrounded by black music, surrounded by all sorts of music. And he then goes and encapsulates all of this together in what, you know, his art. 
fundamentally. The voice, the look, the style, everything. And I think the reason he's so fascinating, you know, both of us are really interested in music of the 60s and the 70s, but he's inspired all of that, right? He's the first, as you say, major global superstar from the 50s and everybody from the Beatles to the Stones to Pink Floyd to everybody, they look back on Elvis and think he was who we wanted to be. He inspired us. He was the first major star. Yeah, if we if we talk about like the voice of a generation, absolutely, he is for all of those teenagers back in the 1950s, he's yeah. the start of a movement. He's the start of an awakening. He's the start of young people in kind of backwaters of Mississippi becoming alive and awake at the thought of, of music and a realisation and awakening as young girls and young boys and it's all of that magical Absolutely. stuff that yeah. people if you're lucky enough you have in your generation and in your youth but yeah. right at the forefront right at the beginning of all that there's Mr Elvis Presley exactly and he encapsulates that era you know the depression from the war and you know the austerity to this booming 50s of the United States which is kind of like almost all of our modern western thinking you know advertising music people wanting to be superstars all come from that don't big they big cars big hair big absolutely. dreams absolutely exactly <laughs> all the stuff exactly. big 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 and he's he's just an incredible icon but part of the problem with elvis obviously he had this huge stardom he's a very down to earth guy but he actually worked really really hard so in the 50s and then in the 60s he worked really hard he used to tour you know almost once every two days and I think there came a point in the mid-60s where that really started to get to him, get to his health. There were a couple of things, and we'll, I'm sure, broach on many of them uh, in our future episodes, and we broached on some of them in the past. But firstly, his actual physical health. We've talked about diet and well-being. If you're on the road and you're doing, you know, a tour and you're doing concerts every other day, that takes a lot of toll on your body, the travelling, the lack of home, the lack of, you know, normal food. And Elvis was a junk food addict. He loved burgers, he loved chips, and that's all you could probably get on the road in those days. So that's the first bit. The other bit, I think, is that, you know, as as the 60s wore on, he became less relevant. You got the Beatles, you got the Stones, you got other things, and Elvis becomes like more of a sideline. He's got these amazing movies. I'm sure you've seen Elvis in Hawaii and yeah. those kind of things. Yeah. Great but, posters, never sat down to watch one, but <laughs> love the artwork. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they're all, you know, desperate attempts to, to find that old glory. And so there was also some degrees of mental health, a bit of depression, etc. Family life, alcohol, his wife splitting up with, with the marriage with Priscilla. And all of those took a toll. And what really happened with Elvis is that in those touring days, it became exhausting. So he had to have uppers. He had to have amphetamines to get himself up, to get himself going with all the drink and everything else that was going on around him. And then, as a consequence of that, when he's then taken the uppers, he can't come down. And we know that from the Beatles, Beatles in Hamburg. They played every night, but they played on amphetamines. They played on speed. And then they would take downers afterwards to go to sleep. And then they wake up and do it again the next day. And that was the culture of music in those days. Mm. And he became addicted to barbiturates. He became addicted to sort of... Um, sleeping tablets to things that would calm him down and that addiction is what sort of continued with him throughout the later years in the 70s when it became much harder his health started to deteriorate he became you know hypertensive possibly diabetic as well from all the eating lots of sugar lots of carbohydrate coca-cola the whole thing the american dream and coupled with that then he became addicted to these barbiturates he was very sleepy but more importantly codeine so he became addicted to a sort of morphine substitute which made him very very constipated all the time 
made it very hard for him to sort of, you know, open his bowels and those kind of things, which he had a lot of pain with. Mm -hmm. And then that became a cycle. Now, the thing with him is that he was always very against drug taking. So he was like, you know, I don't want to be a junkie. But in his mind, he thought that by taking prescription drugs, that didn't make him a drug taker. But he was actually addicted to drugs. Which is a problem to this day. Yeah. People separating the, the difference between opioids and recreational drug use is a, is a massive issue around yeah. the world. And I think it's a huge example of the sadness of drugs. You know, we see that today in drug addiction. It's always the most vulnerable people. Here is a lonely man with, you know, a low mood, depression almost, lost, you know, he's had a divorce. He's trying to deal with the, you know, effects of stardom and everything that surrounds him. And he's a vulnerable person. And he's vulnerable to his manager, to his recording company, who want more and more and more from him because he's a cash cow, fundamentally. And and you see that in, in drug addiction today. You, you know, drug addiction often, you know, involves some of the most vulnerable people, some of the most lonely people, some of the most uh, people who are, you know, prone to, you know, easily influenced because they've had a bad childhood or a bad experience or something else. And that's a, another great example of that. Have you been to Graceland? No. I've been to Graceland. I, I went to Memphis. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to set you up yeah. um, for that one because it must be a fascinating place to go. Obviously, yeah. millions of fans uh, flock there when when Elvis died back in '77. Uh, what was it like? Did it did it feel did it feel like a celebration of a great man, or did it feel? It's a really funny place. Okay, I mean, it's a funny place to have a house. It's not quite in Memphis. It's outside outskirts, and you can yeah. see he's trying to almost recreate his sort of Mississippi, you know, childhood farmhouse type roots. It's a very simple house. The decor is like, you know, old school, you know, couch. It looks all flowery and, you know... I thought like it was going to... Really garish though, right? Yeah, very garish. Okay. The style is very In old. a kind of 70s, multi-millionaire, interior style. decorating. Yeah. Okay, right. Funny carpets. Yeah. Actually smaller than you think as well. Okay. But I say that about celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Speaking from the heart. There, <laughs> but um but yeah, actually it it it's it's smaller than you think. But he's got this, you know, place where he has horses. He's got an aeroplane there because he had his own jet. Wow. And you can go and that's in the jet. all still there. Absolutely. It's all there. But then there's the place that you get to see, the place where Elvis died, which is on the toilet. Yeah, now this is this is true. Some people uh, will know this to be true. Others might think this is just an urban myth that they haven't probably looked into it a great deal. So is it true? Did he die on the toilet? And can you go and have a photograph there if you're that way inclined? I mean, what, what are they offering up there, Neil? What <laughs> well, did you, you take away you, from you it? You could take photos of the place, but there is the toilet where he passed away. So we talked about this opiate addiction and things. And so he had extreme constipation, he had abdominal pain. So he was up in the middle of the night trying to you know, open his bowels with a lot of pain. And he had a cardiac arrest. He had a big, massive heart attack while on the toilet. And he was found, you know, uh, later on pretty much dead, you know, cold, um, having died from a, you know, sudden heart attack from his poor health, his high blood pressure, his poor diet, his obesity. And it was a really, you know, sad thing for a, such a great icon to have, you know, fallen in such a way. 
I mean, for you to highlight the reasons as to why we would find this terribly sad end to such a global icon, it kind of does make sense. And he would have felt lonely. He would have felt vulnerable. There's the opioid problem. There's the diet. And as you said, all of these things we've touched on in previous episodes of this podcast or probably will do in the future. But, you know, let's end this by talking about the legacy of the man. You know, we started by talking about, you know, what a great influence he was in the world of music and on youth culture. And do you get a sense of that celebration when you do go to somewhere like Graceland? And would you recommend people who are maybe arming an iron as to whether to make a pilgrimage there, whether they go and do it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Memphis is a great town. Beale Street, all the history that goes on there, the recording studios, it's well worth a trip and a trip to see Elvis' house. It's just incredible. And it's an interesting experience. There's a lot of, you know, hardcore USA Elvis fans go there. White jumpsuits everywhere you look. Absolutely. Like Essex on a Saturday night. Yeah, exactly. And then there's also people like me, just curious people who go and see it and are interested in it, who loved his music and thought it was very interesting. What's your favourite Elvis songs? Oh, I I like Blue Suede Shoes. Do you? Oh, you like the old school stuff. Only because I was planning on using it as a little joke at the end of this edition of the podcast. Very good. Okay. (laughs) I'm I'm a more touchy guy. I like Love Me Tender. Oh, yeah. Always on my mind. Oh. And can't help falling in love with you. And your other favourite song, Neil? He says, hey. <laughs> um, looking in your eyes. Here's the thing. Um, so just to end this a little bit, because it's been fascinating finding out more about this, is that, um, you know, Elvis, as a young man, went into uh, a recording studio with $4, which was enough to buy him a few attempts at recording a couple of tracks, which he did as a gift for his mum. And the person who owned the recording studio said, I think there could be something in this young man. And he was absolutely right. So it is now time for our favourite part of the podcast. It is Dave's medical training. Last week, I scored two out of three. And Neil is back with another three medical-based questions. Doctor, take it away. So, David, your favourite part of the day. Your first question is... What is an ECG, electrocardiogram, used for? Is it A, recording the electrical activity of the heart? Is it B, measuring the level of electrolytes in the blood? Or C, analysing the electrical activity of the brain? Um, I'm not asking for any help here, but I think we touched on this in a previous edition. Is this, if you've got a hairy chest, it's... You can't, you're not going to give me anything, are you? No clues. I tried, I tried. This is an exam. Okay, <laughs> give me the next one. Okay, one. question two. Approximately how many miles of blood vessels are there in the human body? Is it A, 60,000? Is it B, 100,000? Or is it C, 150,000? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Tough one. And then your favourite, question three, true or false? When listening to music, your heartbeat will sync with the rhythm. True or false? That's an interesting question, particularly on the Elvis episode. Let me just try. Love me to... There's a record in there somewhere. (laughs) Hey, Mark, what is up with your bad self? Well, hey, Simon, what is up with your bad self? Well, as it turns out, lots is up. Like, actually, what? 
like a whole new podcast. They thought we were going away, but we're back. Biggerer and betterer and larger and more is more. And it's going to have reviews of... Big films, small films, weird films, new films... And... And television. Kermode and Mayo's Take. Follow now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hello and welcome back to The Doctor Next Door. Before the break, Dr. Neil asked me another three medical questions to test my knowledge and it is time for us all to get the answers. So, Neil, put me out of my misery. Let's go ahead. Here we go. Okay. So your first question was, what is an ECG, an electrocardiogram, used for? Was it A, recording the electrical activity of the heart, B, measuring the level of electrolytes in the blood, or C, analysing the electrical activity of the brain. Now, I'm going to set myself up for a fall here. Pride comes before a fall. But I've never been more certain of an answer to a question in the entirety of my medical training so far. It's A. Absolutely. You're speaking to a cardiologist, so... <laughs> you and, are? And he's your neighbour. You haven't mentioned it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, okay, A. Yes, it's, of course it's A, and I, you, you should have got that out there. If you didn't get that right, unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, A was uh, correct, electrocardiogram. And what it, what it is is, as you described, those stickers that you put across the chest. What they're actually doing is the heart is a muscle, and that muscle needs electricity to contract. And so you have waves of electricity that actually travel through the heart that make the heart contract. And that wave front is actually recorded on the skin. It can be actually recorded on your skin. Oh. And there's a chap called William Eindhoven. He, so Eindhoven is the man who developed the ECG and discovered it. And I think it was something silly, like he records it via connecting some electrical probes on one bit of the body and the other bits you know, connected in water to kind of earth it in some way. 
And so you can actually record the electrical wave fronts, and they're very useful. I mean, when Eindhoven actually initially you know, developed the ECG, people laughed at him and thought this would never be useful. And actually, it's the core test that we use nowadays to diagnose heart rhythm problems. It's the core test we use to diagnose heart attacks. You know, Elvis had a heart attack. If he had got to a hospital in time, we'd have seen that he was having a heart attack. And nowadays, you know, you can open up those blood vessels. It's such a simple thing. But, and used around the whole world, and yet so useful. OK, what's next? Question two. Approximately how many miles of blood vessels are there in the human body? Was it A, 60,000, B, 100,000, or C, 150,000? Total guess. I've gone for C, 150,000. It's a tough one, this. Its answer is A, actually, oh. 60,000. So you have you know, loads and loads of blood vessels in your body. If you actually unwound them all, they'll circle the globe. So many. Um, and some of them are relatively small. They're part of this huge network, you know, all over your body and little strings of them going everywhere, all across your arms and legs and all of the organs. Wow. Incredible. OK. OK. So one out of three so far. Not bad. Third okay. and final question, please. True or false. Here we go. Question three. When listening to music, your heartbeat will sync with the rhythm. True or false? I've got... I want it to be... The, the romantic wants it to be true. Is it true? No, it's not. It's false. False. So what was your answer there? True. I thought oh, it did change. No. With the, I thought it would be like a nice... No. no. I mean, your heart rate does change with music. Yeah. So we know okay. music influences our mood. Uh, can someone set off the half a point alarm, please? <laughs> Here we go. He's going to start begging for his half points. He doesn't like well, one point. It's a half point then, isn't he, it? It's like Eurovision. He doesn't like one point at all. <laughs> oh, that, okay. Well, sorry. Carry on. Continue. No <laughs> Continue. So it, it, it doesn't, but what you're saying is it does. It, it doesn't sync with the no, rhythm. But... So let's say, you know, the music is at a tempo of something. Your oh, heart rate sorry. doesn't go up to it. No. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But your heart rate does change with music. Yeah. So calming music might make your heart rate That's go down. That's what I thought you meant. No. You mean synchronise with the music? Yeah. Right. It's, it's half a point. It's all right, all right, half right. a point. I'm... Here we go. Creeping I... back. All right, and we'll that... give you half a point. We'll give you half a point. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Doctor. <laughs> so I've got one and a half points. Yes, this one week. and a half points this week. Yeah, music does have an effect. It affects your brain, makes you happy, makes you sad. And, and the brain obviously then secretes these sort of hormones and they can influence the heart rate, make the heart rate go up. If it's, you know, pounding music, make the heart rate go down. If it's relaxing music. Half a point is what I'm half taking away point. from all of we'll that. We'll give yeah. you half a point. Thank, thank you Here very much go. indeed. <laughs> right. Cheats his way through medical school. <laughs> <laughs> the Doctor Next Door isn't just about Dr. Neil and myself. We love it when you get in touch and share your questions and stories. And you can do so anytime you like doctor at nextdoorpod.com or you can find us on the socials at doc next pod don't forget right now there's a lovely picture of a guillotine for you all to enjoy <laughs> they are lit so let's get this week's correspondence and this week we have an email from joanne and it reads hi dave and dr neil Love the podcast. I listen every Wednesday whilst out walking on my lunch break. Well, thank you very much indeed, Joanne. My question is, well, I say question, but it's a true or false. Open brackets, your favourite kind, Dave, close brackets. Thanks, Joanne. Is it true that our brain cannot distinguish between hunger and thirst? Or is this just another diet myth? I've always been told that if I feel hungry, I should drink some water and wait 20 minutes for the hunger to disappear. 
Thanks for keeping me entertained. Joanne from Morley in Leeds. Well, Joanne, once again, thank you very much indeed for getting in touch. We're glad you enjoyed the podcast. And uh, Neil, well, over to you. Is there a difference? Can the brain tell between hunger and thirst? So, Joanne, thanks for writing in. And actually, you know, really good knowledge. You're absolutely right. It's true. So the same part of the brain that interprets these signals um, interprets hunger and thirst, so it's the same area. And sometimes you can get mixed signals, you can get confused. So she's absolutely right. And this uh, tale about you know drinking some water, for instance, and then seeing if you're still hungry 20 minutes later is completely true. So the signs of thirst we've talked about before, and particularly if you're getting dehydrated, you might you know have dry mouth, you might feel sluggish, nausea, dizzy, sometimes constipated and dry skin. Uh, but also, you know, your urine might become darker or you might produce less uh, urine. Those are signs that you're dehydrated. And it might actually be that you're not hungry, you're actually thirsty as part of that. And hunger can be also very similar. You know, you can feel weak, you can feel irritable, you may feel rumbling in your tummy, but you also may have similar symptoms. So the brain interprets the two very similarly. And so if you, you know, feel hungry, for instance, but you think, actually, I haven't passed any urine, I haven't drunk much water today, or my urine's a bit dark, and you're thinking about, you know, your diet or whatever, it might be that you want to think about drinking some water and seeing how that goes. In general, we've talked about, you know, how you eat, and, and they say that you should eat every three to four hours and try and have three, three meals, you know, reasonably well proportioned throughout the day. Uh, and we've talked also about drinking water before. We've talked about drinking, trying to aim for around two litres of water a day. Or yeah, in, in one sitting early in the day, it doesn't count, by <laughs> doesn't the way. Count. I, I, exactly. learned that, I learned that the hard way for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, But absolutely right. And she's, she's completely right. This, it, it can be misinterpreted and it's the same signals in a similar area of the brain. Thank you very much indeed, Joanne, for your email and thank you for your kind words as well about the podcast. And as I say, we love it when you get in touch with your questions and stories and you can do so at doctor at nextdoorpod.com. And that's it for this episode of The Doctor Next Door. As ever, thank you to my regular co-host and next door neighbour, Dr Neil Srinivasan. We will be back again next week when Dr Neil will again be guiding us through the medical world. I'll have another burning question and we'll be answering more of your questions too. Please rate, review and subscribe from wherever you usually get your podcasts. And if you do know a doctor, nurse or medical professional who you think might like what they've heard here, then please do let us know. Now, Neil, I've got my best of Elvis compilation CD out. You're not invited because you ain't nothing but a hound dog for stepping on my blue suede shoes. See, I finally paid that one off, didn't I? So all of you, get out of my house. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.